For more resources, visit rym.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. Hey everyone, this is Michael Hall, Director of Training at RYM. Before we get to today's podcast, I want to invite you to join us at our annual Youth Leader Training Conference. YLT is an incredible week of equipping, connection, and encouragement for you and your ministry. We're excited to offer two locations in 2019, Nashville, Tennessee, and Paradise, Pennsylvania. Feature speakers include Sandy Wilson, Walt Mueller, Julie Lowe, Duffy Robbins, and Scotty Smith. Registration for both locations is now open. Please visit rym.org training for more information and registration. Hey everyone, welcome back. We are talking to Dr. Derek Thomas, a senior minister at First Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, we've uh, talked about advice, uh, I guess on Monday it was advice uh, to those serving in student ministry and then reflected on the classroom yesterday and just differences of seminarians today uh, compared to years past. Uh, Dr. Thomas, as I just said, you shepherd a large uh, congregation. And so when you think of the parents of current teens, you know, as, as well as younger parents, not just parents of teens, uh, what are three major concerns uh, you see in, in parenting and the kind of the counsel that you would give in those areas? Yes, this is a, this is a really, really important question. And, and, um, I don't want to answer this uh, question or, or these series of questions uh, as though I'm implying that I have all the answers mm. because I don't. I had all the answers when I was 25, <laughs> but I've repented of that a long time ago. <laughs> and I remember very hardcore sermons that I would have preached, you know, 35 years ago about parenting and the do's and don'ts and probably sounding, you know, legalistic in the process. Um, but certainly coming across as somebody, you know, who had all the right answers. Mm. And I think when I, when I experienced teenagers, I, I modified uh, a lot of what I thought <laughs> I knew. And I have two children and two grown-up children and, and two grandchildren. And uh, one was easy and one was, was not quite as easy. And um, uh, so, so I'm coming from that sort of perspective. Um, I, I think we are living in a very different world, at least to the world that I experienced. You know, and I raised children before the IT um, boom you know, before um, cell phones, before laptop computers or computers of any kind. Um, so my children, I didn't have to make decisions. Can my, can my teenage child have a cell phone? You know, and what restrictions do I need to apply to, to it? You know, what software do I need to have in my house? So, so I'm not, I'm not, you know, the only pornography that you could have found when I was growing up was somewhere in London. 
uh, and you'd have to you'd have to go off on a trip to London and to some sleazy you know back street somewhere to to view it because it just wasn't available in the sense that it is now. So it is a you know the drugs, sex, and 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 information technology. I mean that that is a it's a radically different world from the world that I grew up in or or raised my children in, to be honest. So um, I, um, the first thing that I would want to say, I, I, I interview the parents of uh, children that are coming for baptism. And typically we have somewhere around 40 to 50 babies a year in our congregation, and that's a lot of baptisms. Um, so I, I typically will sit down with 40 or 50 couples during the course of a year for about an hour. Um, and no matter how well I know these couples, I, I, I insist on this process for each child. And I do it because it's an opportunity for me in a large congregation to actually get some time with young parents and typically these are parents who are raising you know little children but all of a sudden their lives have changed you know they they get married and they go together to functions and they're social bees and 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 they're out four nights a week and and weekends and parties and and stuff and then all of a sudden there are children and all of that stops and 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 you find yourself going alone to things and all of a sudden life is incredibly busy uh, because the husband and typically it's the husband or not necessarily but uh but one of, one of them, the husband or the wife, realizes they need more money because now they've got more children and therefore they're staying late at work and, and perhaps they're doing other things and all of a sudden they're strangers to each other. And so one of the questions that I, I ask uh, parents of children, young children especially, but, but teenage children too, uh, is how is your marriage? Uh, and are you dating your wife on a weekly basis? Um, are, are you setting time apart so there's just the two of you? You know, are you eating a, a meal several times a week at the same table? You know, or or have you are you now in fast food and takeaways and because you're running off to this that or the other? Um, and and so so that's my that's my first sort of question, you know, how's your marriage? And um, then I think it's not, uh, it's not possible, I think, simply to have one size fits all when you have a large congregation um, like mine with diverse social groups and, and different approaches to school and education, uh, prep school on one end and, and homeschoolers on the other end and four or five other things in between, you know, and I think that, that therefore um, uh, ministry to children can, you know, needs to be a little diverse and it's not a, you know, it's not, it's not a one size fits all uh, because you do have very diverse children. 
um, coming from very diverse sort of social backgrounds. Um, and, and but but that being said, um, there needs to be some kind of devotional life as a family. And I think that's my biggest concern in, in, in that I suspect there's very little of it. You know, there's a, there's a grace being said over a meal occasionally, and usually it's the children who are saying it rather than the parent. And it, it, it probably doesn't do a great deal in terms of cementing the families spiritually. You know, and there's a transition, you know, when children are little, you, you do the bedtime story, you read the Bible, the children's Bible, and say a prayer, and, and sometimes they're hugely amusing, uh, the prayers. You know, and there's that phase in your life, but then it transitions to something else when the children are, are, are now bigger. And, and you know, is, is there a moment in the day when you read the Bible? together as a family and and I think that that has become a, a rare feature and I know it's horrendously difficult because I've been through it all and I've I've had the times when when the family are barely able to speak to each other and now you're trying to sort of read the Bible and pray um, you know because something has happened and and you 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 have to make all kinds of excuses uh, but is there a, at least an attempt for a pattern of, you know, and making it simple, you know, not making it overly complex because there's enough guilt in life. Um, but having some ritual where at the end of the meal or the beginning of the meal or, or, or somewhere, uh, you read the Bible together and, 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 and have a prayer for the family and, and invite the children to, to ask, you know, what do you want us to pray for? And I suspect there's very little of that going on, I think. Um, I, I don't, I, I didn't have to face, you know, the third thing I suppose is that I didn't, I just didn't face the, the decisions, the awful decisions that parents have to make today, you know, over drugs and, and sex and, and IT and, and so on. Uh, and it's why, frankly, I'm not in youth ministry at the minute, um, because I would really, really find all of that incredibly difficult. And I'm watching my own children, at least my daughter, raise her two children that are just coming into teenage years and, and facing now these very decisions. And um, and I would, I would, you know, I... I, I I just don't know what the answer is to some of it. Um, and uh, I, I think the church needs to provide a sounding board uh, for young parents um, making these sorts of decisions. And so, you know, we, we've tried to provide here um, sessions where, uh, where parents can get help uh, where they can ask questions and get help and and see what other people are doing and so on, uh, in terms of trying to raise children in an incredibly difficult society. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of <clears throat> again just sobering to to think about um, just the 
you know, the change in the culture and, and what parents are dealing with. And, and really, I mean, it seemed like so much of what you're saying, busyness is a, is a major factor. Um, but then you, you <clears throat> add to that the, the weightiness of the decisions uh, that parents are, are having to make. And so it does seem that maybe part of the solution, and I know this is, it's easy to say this, um, much easier said than done, but trying to, to back off the busyness uh, in some ways. Um, what, what sort of counsel kind of as we start to, to draw this to a close would you give to, to parents that just seem overbooked, don't, you know, they don't have a lot of margins for rest? Uh, what's some advice you would give there? Well, there's an advice, I think, for me as a minister. You know, I think that 30 years ago, if the church organized something and it was poorly attended, my inclination would have been to reprimand the church for its lack of support for church ministry. Whereas now, I think I would have the opposite view entirely because their lives are incredibly busy and, and the church can make it busier. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I think I think parents need help in making wise decisions about their busyness. and And I think that some parents whose children do everything. I mean, they're involved in in 15 extracurricular activities in the course of the week and three football soccer matches on a on a on a Saturday. Uh, that that frankly is completely over the top. Um, but there is a view that unless my child, you know, gets as much as possible. Um, we're being poor parents. And, and actually, I think you're being better parents by... It's right, It's okay to say no. You know, it's okay to go without. It's okay to be deprived of a few things. Um, but that's a very tough lesson to learn. Um, and so I, I, think, I think as a minister, you know, I don't want to over program the church either and i don't want to expect that every time we put something on i expect everybody to be there you know um and that's that's an easier thing to say when you're in a big church than it is when you're in a little church and you try and put something on and there are three people there i mean i I get that and i've been there yeah again dr thomas that's very helpful and just some good perspective there just uh to also, you know, turn it back on the church and to say, you know, we've got to lead in this area and we need to be cautious of a church uh, over scheduling uh, these already busy lives. So um, some, some good uh, perspective there. Um, Dr. Thomas, thank you for that. Uh, tomorrow we'll continue our discussion looking at cultural trends uh, that you think Christians should be focused on. So uh, be sure and tune in more tomorrow.